What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What is up, my man? It's Johnny King. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm stoked. I'm so excited to have Mark Edwards Davis uh, in the house all the way from the Ukraine. Hey, man, how are you? <laughs> Dude, if it got any better, then I'm sure they'd try to make it illegal. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, you know, just again, it's so sweet of you because it's, it's almost midnight, you know, we're getting close to their, uh, your time and you're rallying just to give and pour into the the ears and the hearts of, of men that are listening to my podcast. So thank you so, totally. so much for being on. Yeah. Well, your, mm. uh, your bio says, which some of the stuff I didn't know we've, we've obviously connected several times before now, but, uh, and I've oh, been yeah. a guest on your podcast, but that's right. World series of poker alum. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. pastor's kid, a guitar player, a fitness junkie, a nonprofit founder, a certified, no more Mr. Nice guy coach. I didn't know that yep. either. A speaker, mm-hmm. a bullied child, a counselor, a widower, and an author amongst mm. so many other things. You're, you're kind of yeah. a consummate entrepreneur. Um, and you've got some really cool other businesses that you've got going on too, besides supporting Thanks, men brother. with the authentic man kind of movement that you've got going on, but it's just good to have you. Good to have you on. Thank you. Dude. No, listen, I, I love you. And I love every time we talk is great. I mean, it was a year ago, a little over a year ago during the yeah. beginning part of the pandemic, we did yeah. this fundraising program called ambassadors of hope and you really poured your heart into that and it was obviously great to have you in my show and and i love what you're doing for guys and so the synergies like you know how many of us are there in the world so it's really kind of cool yeah yeah it's it's true and it's uh you know we were just talking before i started recording i, I might have to make a a uh, visit over to the ukraine and check it out i've never oh. been over there but just looking up at some of the google photos looks gorgeous the towns over there look yeah. amazing very European. It's really cool. And you've been out over there for how long? Um, in and out for probably 11 years. And this year, I, I, I just, I, I have staff here and I got a big office. And so I, I basically been here since January. So uh, for whatever time you're watching this podcast, that yeah. means about 10 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Well, there's so many good things that we could certainly dive into. Um, but Again, just what we've talked about, I, I love how your purpose really is focused on uh, bringing men's heart to life, just yeah. through inspiring them into their own greatness, right? And yeah. uh, seeing greatness in themselves, seeing greatness in, in others. But why don't you just give the, the guys, those that are listening, a little bit more of your your background, your sure your 30 second spiel, if you will, on kind of how you got into 30 seconds, 30 minutes, whichever. <laughs> how you find yourself <laughs> at this point kind of doing men's work. You know, it's funny. It, and we think about these things and how many of you guys out there, you know, you're, you're doing when you were a kid, you would have thought someday I'll be doing that. Right. It's like, you know, you, you don't go to school for this stuff. It comes to you, but I love that. It's kind of like Spielberg said that one time, your purpose doesn't just come to you in the face. You know, it's sort of one of those things as you're doing stuff that really excites you, it's sort of this whisper in your ear, you know, th- you were born for this and, and then you really get excited about it. And that's kind of what happened. So after I started coming here, I wrote a book on, uh, uh, you know, for men dating abroad and, and uh, matchmaking, this kind of stuff. Um, ended up getting on Dr. Phil Today Show, had a couple of cable shows, uh, over 50 radio interviews. I was excited. I enjoyed it. And um, so that, that kind of got me into, into doing a weekly broadcast. So I started doing a weekly, you know, webinar, you know, internet broadcast for men. And as I was talking about all the different topics, for men, I got more into really deeper personal development stuff for guys. And I found a love for it. It was just so, it was awesome. And because you would get comments from guys going like, dude, that, you know, my, you rock my world. My eyes were open. And I don't believe you and I aren't geniuses. This, the, what's been said has been said, like Solomon said, nothing's new under the sun, but I believe at the right time, when you speak to somebody that all of a sudden they they go, 
wow, you know, and, and it says, I know that's true. You know, they say for me, I, I something I, I've always known that to be true, but I never put it in words. So to me, I got excited about it. And so that's led into trying to really identify um, why is this, is this exciting and what else can I do to really master this? So, I mean, I've been for 15 years devouring content. I start off with uh, Iron John, you know, uh, and then uh, went into, um, uh, you know, all kinds of men's books to really study this whole thing. And then, of course, I've been working with small groups of men since I was in my early 20s doing, you know, groups at churches and, and leading them since then. But what uh, what I did, like you said, the No More Mr. Nice Guy thing, I became friends with Dr. Robert Glover, and I took a couple of years to really dive into his everything he's taught, and we're friends. In fact, I was just talking a couple hours ago, um, and I, I really found that that resonated with a lot of guys. The, the influence on the culture has put men's souls to sleep in a way. And they're lulled and they don't, they're in this malaise and they, and they want to break out of it. I mean, when I've done, you know, workshops or I've done my mastermind groups, two things resonate with guys when they say, you know, I go, what are you really looking for? And the one is that the first teaching I always teach guys is learn how to love yourself, put yourself first. That's like, what? It's like, they never thought of it. And, and the second thing is always coming. It's like, I just want to feel alive again. You know, I, I don't know where I lost my mojo, but I, you know, what, and, and what does it look like to be a man today? And so there's this, there's this frustration. And as I got to counseling with guys one-on-one -on -one in the groups, I really realized I was really successful the most when I just helped a guy learn to love his life. Mm. It's that, it was, and I go, is it really that simple? Um, and so I really dove more into this. And so to me, one of the hearts of creating the, men's magazine, authenticman.com for being an online men's magazine is it's simply a place where whatever you love as a guy, you know, you're going to find brothers that do it. You're going to find stuff there. We get, you know, their Facebook group, the authentic man brotherhood, you know, it's just like, it's guns or hunting. You're not going to get criticized and called the Bambi killers. Like we get it. You know, you're, you know, if you, you know, if you like cars, if you like whatever the case is, it's just where cool guy stuff is. And when guys give themselves permission to go, you know what, I'm, it's okay being a guy. And I start to like myself. Um, I think the man who learns to love his life is going to find his purpose. Mm -hmm. You mentioned just when you're talking about purpose, and I'm mm -hmm. wondering if, uh, I mean, it was one of the first things that you mentioned um, about uh, Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. You think that a lot of men, and correct me if I'm wrong from what you've experienced, are thinking that it's just going to be like, oh, there it is. I'm searching for, right. for, my, for my purpose, and there it is. And I can tangibly, versus that small whispering, what have yeah. you found that, uh, it, you know, do men find that it is the small whispering? Do some men find that it is kind of a, it hits you over the head? Some of both? Is it neither? What, what, what have you found when you're talking about helping men find their purpose? What, what I find is guys are, are confusing two things. And, and so that this idea of them looking for their purpose really is they want to come alive. They want to feel alive. They want to do something that they feel has all this energy. And so because it's this burning drive, they're like hunting for it. Yeah. And, and it's one of those, when you're hunting for it like that, it, it doesn't really come. What you do is, is, is what I advise kids in their twenties. It's like, dude, this is your decade to go try everything and see what works, see what you like. And, and obviously from a career standpoint, if you can find what you love and it brings value to the marketplace, you know, then dive into that. But I think what happens is as guys come into this really calm, positive place where they're just simply, I love what I'm doing. This feels great. And then it grows and it goes, I think I was born for this. And then all of a sudden it's, it's that moment that dawns on them. What they're already doing is their purpose. And, and the purpose ends up not being one thing. You know, like, like for me, I did, I did one thing and now I'm, I'm doing a men's magazine and then we're going to be doing, you know, some, but it's like, it's what in me I teach and I can find different ways to apply it. So it's that thing in you that, that gets you excited, that adds value to people that often comes while you're in motion. Um, one of my, uh, you know, one of my more famous quotes is you can't steer a parked car, you know, mm -hmm. but when you're in motion, you can adjust. So the thing is to get actively involved try different things, dive in and listen to your heart. You know, what does it tell you that you enjoy? And when you get fired up about something, you'll find that connection where it's like, this fires me up. This resonates. I'm good at it. I want to know more. And you, it does, it's effortless. Yeah.
Yeah. I, uh, f- amen. And I think about it that too, in terms of like just riding a bicycle or riding yeah. a motorcycle, like you have to yeah. have forward, forward momentum to, to find the balance, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise you're just going to fall over one, one way or the other. Um, something else that you, you mentioned that I think would be worth noting. Um, yes, we talked about purpose. Uh, but on the other hand, I think it's, <clears throat> just listening to you and your story and, and, and what I appreciate too about talking to you is, you know, I talk to guys who are in their thirties and their twenties and they're still working to figure it out. What's, what's so great about speaking with someone like you, cause, cause you've, you've, you're walking the, you're walking the walk, you're walking the path. Uh, mm-hmm. You're in, you're in the work, but you also come from a place where you still have so much more life to live, but you also have enough life you have lived that there's, so much wisdom to even just the things that you say. I can just tell, I can feel like, okay, this is, this is a man that's not just mm-hmm. regurgitating stuff. He's actually speaking it from a place of I've lived yeah. in, you know, yeah. which I think is really, really powerful. Um, how, how are you going about coaching? I mean, you said a little bit just then about men in their twenties, thirties, forties, looking back on like, you know, your past experiences, if you were talking to yourself mm-hmm. for the, for the decade of the twenties, you say, just try everything. Mm-hmm. You know, just experiencing, what would you say to the men in their thirties versus the men in their forties? Any, any words of sure. advice to those decades? Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, the twenties is discovering yourself. It's discovering what you love. It's trying things. It's finding your combination of, of where you have natural skills and where it works in the marketplace. And then deciding, you know, what point you want to then anchor in and, and maybe create family and, 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 and become your own king in a sense, you know, it's, a, it's sort of by the end of your 20s, you're sort of like, all right, I want to, I'm going to put my flagpole here, you know, but it's like, you don't know where to put your flagpole if you haven't scouted the territory. Your 30s, now that you put your flagpole down, tear it up. This is where you just dive into your career, you kill it, you, you want to be VP, you go for it, you know, if you've started a little paint store, open five, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, this is where you really you expand, you know, your now influence. So if you're using the, the king analogy, since we're on that, yeah. you know, now that you've decided this is where my castle is going to be, you're building the castle mm-hmm. and, and you're building it. So it benefits everybody, the benevolent king, the noble king that, that wants to have everybody inside glad they're there and, <laughs> and it's provided for, and it's safe and it's protected. Your forties now are where you would bridge to other kingdoms and now you're providing influence to them, but also brokering deals where, where you work together to, to build a, a broader sense. And so in, in a career sense, that's um, as a leader. Now you're expanding yourself into positions of leadership. You're, you write your book. Now you got enough to say where you can write a book and get it out there and say, here's what I've learned in life that I think would be beneficial to others. And you ascend yourself from just being a successful career person to being a leader in that industry where you're known as this guy kicks ass and this guy is the one who really delivers. And when you listen to him, he knows what he's talking about because he's delivered with execution. Your fifties, you move into mentoring and guruing, I guess you'd say, this is where you come to a place where, okay, now you take that leadership and expertise you have and mentor other leaders. Cool. Now here's the one I'm working on. In fact, I I have notes on this. Um, And I want to do a book on this, but I'm going to take my time. And I want to do one on becoming the sage. Hmm. There's something about moving to that place where you find somebody who's got deep wisdom and they share it with such depth and wisdom. And it's a different zone in life. Hmm. You, now you, you think about what's really important. You know, so many guys burned themselves out with career, burned relationships, and now they're realizing, you know, maybe what else is more important. They simplify life. They come into a quiet calm and a confidence that comes into it. And I really want to study this phenomenon. I've never seen a book on it, you know, mentoring people into becoming the sage, that part of their life. But I'm there. I'm almost 60. I'm two years away from, year and a half away from being 60. And so I think a lot about what I want to do, you know, for the next four decades of my life. Um, so that's just the short answer, I guess, to, to a really great question, by the way. Well, I appreciate it, but I think that's, that's perfect. I mean, that's, a, uh, and I feel like that's, that's what I experienced in you in the first, you know, couple of minutes of us talking is like, you're, you're that you're already embodying that sage, you know, because I can just tell the, the depth of the wisdom, like I said, that's, that's beneath your words is experience. Right. And I think that's what yeah. younger men are looking for is like, man, like, 
you just burn out on thinking that you have to do it all yourself. And I'm totally at that right. point too. Now in my forties, I'm like, man, like me and my, my ego of, of attempting to prove something all by myself to myself or to other people, it's so exhausting. Tiring, I have to let yeah. my ego go and make connections, you know, connect with other kingdoms, like you said, with other men who are doing the work. That's so much more fun, you know, than what I was doing back in my thirties. So I don't know what, everything you said really re- re- resonated for me. So thank you for that. That was good. I appreciate it. By the way, I want to let the guys know that um, one of the things I appreciate, like Jordan Peterson is, is the first name that comes to mind as a sage yeah. for our, our generation. I, I love his sage wisdom. It's deep. You listen to him and it's a deeper, everything he says has surface meaning, but it's such deeper truth. Yeah. And one of the things he says is understand that, that life will have suffering in it, but the goal is to find meaning in it. Mm-hmm. And and so to me, I've been through so many things. My first wife left for a lesbian relationship and my brain was fried for 11 months. I was just, it was so hard to cope with that. I had three little kids. Sure. Um, start over my, you know, my, in, in my second marriage, um, you know, beautiful young law student, uh, third year law student became an attorney and she developed a schizophrenia. So I dealt with mental health issues. And then when I turned 40 ends up, you know, she passed away. And I had an, an eight-year-old son still at home with me. And, um, you know, then, of course, the uh, 2000s, I built up, you know, I was a 2000s, early 2000s millionaire with real estate, and then it all crashed and lost everything in bankruptcy and the humiliation of all that. Um, but I, I tell you, one of the things I, I want to, if there's such thing as thank myself for one credit that I, that took me through is each stage, I was determined to get my heart healed. And to be free again, because I wanted to live again. I wanted to love again. I wanted vibrance and I did not want to carry baggage or bitterness with me. And so in a sense, um, I believe, you know, optimism doesn't change anything, but it changes you. You're the one who changes things. So I think there is a place for optimism, not naive optimism, but I think there's a place to say hope. Uh, you know, I'm going to believe in hope that, that there's something great out there. This is the hard part for guys who are in the middle of struggle, the middle of, um, you know, a spouse was unfaithful. Um, somebody died. Uh, they lost their job. There's, and they put their identity in the job and it crushed them. Mm-hmm. And getting through that, you can't hurry it up. There is a, there is a, a death of the dream, a cycle that it goes through to allow, allow that mourning to process so you can be free again. And so it's very hard. And what I love, what I tenderly, dearly, my heart goes out for guys who are in suffering because is my, my counsel to them is, is find love around you two or three days a week, be with your brothers, get around, do something good for yourself, find things you enjoy and do and allow the mourning process to complete and start looking for hope for the future. One of the books I love is uh, Halftime by Bob Buford. He talks about maybe there's a season in your life where like in a football game, you have halftime, you go in and evaluate how the first half go, how would I love my second half to go? Mm-hmm. And so use these times to, to really come out ahead and never give up hope. Realize that whatever you're going through, other people have gone through it and more. You're not alone. This is why I love small groups. We're going to be out with Authentic Man, um, in December, into December of this month, I don't know, again, when you're watching this at the end of 2021, um, we are launching uh, small groups within Authentic Man. And because I believe that's where the ultimate brotherhood and fellowship is, you realize you're not alone. Other guys have had the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it ministers to the soul to be able to say, you know what? I'm not alone. I got brothers by my back. We're going to be just fine. And hope, hope, is the thing it's something to look forward to for your future you know without hope people perish you're familiar with that proverb but i think the biggest thing to do for guys is 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 just to give them a love again for their own lives and it doesn't have to take a long time that last part i think is the the mic drop it doesn't have to take a long time Um, Mm -hmm. because i think for me too just having experienced loss and divorce and death and uh, loss of career and loss of identity, all those things were, were the validators outside in, you know, looking mm-hmm. for my self-worth and the, the spouse or the job or the car or the money. And, and right. I think a big part of becoming Kings is for me, is like getting to the point where 
no matter how the storm roars around me, I'm still centered. And it's like hmm. losing, losing someone is shitty, you know, or losing a career or whatever. All that stuff is, is extremely shitty. And I cannot imagine what it's like to go through those two <laughs> relationships that you went through, you know, when yeah. you're invested so much with your heart and also seeing how it affects your kids. But then to be able to bounce back stronger without then, hmm. you know, because a lot of men will find themselves at the bottom of a bottle, you know, mm-hmm. they, they cannot emotionally they're not emotionally fit enough to handle that stuff. So yeah. I think it's really important. And it sounds like it's a lot of that is just grieving, let, mm-hmm. getting the emotion out versus just mm-hmm. suppressing it, repressing it, right. getting angry. Right. So what, what were some of the, I would say the, the things that you really did to work through those moments of, you know, first marriage, uh, your second wife passing away. Mm-hmm. How did you work through those things? in, in what I would imagine some of the darkest times of your life, mm-hmm. Well, two parts to that. So there's the part when it was darkest and then coming out of it. It's very interesting to me. I, you know, I, I've always, like I said, been an optimistic type of personality. And so, you know, I used to, I used to be a little bit cynical about people in depression. I'm going, come on, you know, and, and but, you know, when I went through it, I realized it's, it's uh, as a counselor friend of mine told me, he says, you know, it's, you really, it's a life depression. It's like everything you told yourself you'd be in your twenties, you're 40 now and you're not. And so your, your subconscious is like, is depressed and it needs to get through it. And so, so, but you don't wallow in it. So when you're down, you, you definitely, I made it a discipline. You know, I'd be asking people after work, Hey, let's go out for, let's go out for a drink. And I, 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 wasn't a big drinker, but it's just to go out with people, you know, is to, to be around people and have a friend, have somebody you can talk to. I had a guy named Steve Marks three days a week. We'd have a cigar and a shot and just talk about life and, and everything. And, and so at the end of it, it was the most incredible experience. And again, I don't know how it is for everybody who goes through depression, but for me, there was one, it was eight months long. I went through this, this cycle. And one morning I just woke up and it was done. I was free. I was like a hundred pounds lighter. I was elated. I was filled with joy. And at that point, I decided that the one thing I had not done for myself is put myself first. You know, I'm still driving a white minivan. I'm driving crappy grandpa clothes. You know what I mean? It's like, and I really hadn't, hadn't done anything for me. And so within those first few years, I went out immediately and got a little, um, Mercedes convertible SLK. And it wasn't a midlife crisis. This is the different thing. Midlife crisis comes when people are in that downstage and the way they avoid the pain is to cover it up with, with adrenaline junkie stuff and, and material things or chicks and, and all the stuff they can do to try to bury the emotion. Yep. But for me, it was like, no, I'm going to celebrate me and enjoy my life now and, and reward the effort I've done to build you know, business or whatever I'd done. And I went on some trips. I went on a fishing trip to the Amazon, you know, crazy stories, you know, uh, went hunting with the little uh, Amazon um, guides with their, their families at night for alligators. I got a picture of me holding this six foot alligator. Um, Yeah. And so all of a sudden I realized how much life I'd been missing. I hadn't traveled out of the U S since I was 18 years old, 22 years. And now I'm first country I'm going to is Brazil to the Amazon, you know, but then I, I got a hook on travel and I went to Costa Rica and then, you know, and then since I've been to 26 countries since then. And I decided that, you know, here's the truth, guys, it, when you love yourself, you have so much to give to people. What I find that, that I, men need to really pay attention to is we feel this obligation to serve, to protect all these things that are noble, but we're not doing it from a place of strength. We're doing it from an emptiness, from a dryness. And we haven't taken care of ourselves. We're not nourished. We're not on fire. We're not in love with our life. And so instead of it being effortless to give, because we just have so much energy and so much great stuff, we can't, you know, it's, it's our love to give to somebody because we don't know what else to do with this energy. Instead, we're tired. We're stressed. And, and we want to give because we feel obligated to. And all it does is drain us further. And, and you know, you have to give from abundance. And the only way you give from overflow and abundance is fill yourself up first. And so it seems selfish to put yourself first. But honestly, without doing that, what do you have to give? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, obviously, before the whole put your mask on first. But the way you just articulated actually uh, resonated with me more than than I think typically, because it's like, you're absolutely right. Cause we're coming from a place of like thirst, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I need something to quench this thirst and it's like, get out of my way, you know, but then I'm supposed to be, you know, 
giving people glasses of water before I can take a drink myself. And you're like, you know, even that yeah. energy of like attempting to, to show up and give away, you know, mm -hmm. uh, something, even in the, in the idea of it being like in the light of giving is still coming off of like, Oh, but I'm still thirsting for the very thing that I'm giving away. And I, there's not much more I can do. Right. So yeah. I, I love that whole idea of, you know, you really have to focus on giving, giving to yourself first, filling yourself up, you know, again, which is not necessarily a new concept, but it's something that's, it's vital, you know? But what I love about you, Johnny, is that one of the things I know from knowing you that fills you up is, is nature and adventure. You just love yeah. getting out and doing shit. You know what I mean? And so, you know, when, when you talk about guys filling ourselves up and doing this kind of stuff, it's actually the cool stuff. You know, it's whatever fires you up, whatever gives you, you know, life and making that a priority. Make sure I'm always involved in that because I'm excited about it. If you're into cycling, man, get into cycling. You know, it's whatever, whatever it is that that you can't help talk about because it's it would excite you. Recently, I've gotten into um, bodybuilding and physical fitness. And I know I'm not this big guy, but I, I used to be a 250 pound man. I was extremely obese. And I lost 60 pounds. And then I, wow. then I started asking, what else could I do? And so, you know, then I, then I got trainers. Um, and now I'm, I'm going to produce a fitness course with a guy who's the number two bodybuilder in all of Ukraine here. Wow. And, and wow. it's cool. And, and, really and cool. since then it, I introduced some of that stuff, my masterminds helped a guy lose a hundred pounds, other guys lose 30 in 12 weeks. And so I really believe one of the things that solves this for so many guys too, is that they're also going from a physical place of emptiness where they don't have the energy they haven't paid attention to their testosterone over 40 and they're drained and they're tired during the day. They need a nap. It's hard to put the muscle on. They're starting to get foggy in the head. Um, and your body is what's going to give you that energy of life. Listen, this is why, this is why, what is it called? Red Bull and all those other things are such multi-billion dollar energy. Everybody just wants yeah. to feel energy, right? Yeah. 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 Amen. It's uh, and this, I've, I've driven by the, the headquarters there in Austria. And, and it makes me think like, yeah, just how much money they make off of people's uh, crappy lifestyle decisions, you know, and the, and the nutrition yeah. they put inside. So kudos for you for losing so much weight. And then Thanks. not only getting to your goal weight, but then, you know, deciding to, it's fun. I, I agree. I've, I've, yeah. I lifted a lot in my uh, late twenties, did a couple of bodybuilding mm -hmm. competitions and then had goals that was set mm -hmm. the same goal every single year throughout my thirties. It's not been until yeah. this past year that I finally was like, you know what, I'm going for it. So I think it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And, you know, I've never done this on a, on a live call, but I'm, I want to show you some, this was, this was me. Oh my gosh. I can't even recognize you. Yeah. And in fact, um, I went, that was in 2015 Wow. and, uh, I had, you know, really done the work, you know, so there's kind of the little bit of the before and after 2015 to 2019. Yeah. You look so um, great. And then a year after the photo there on the right, I actually went into a, uh, a bodybuilding contest for my age group and, yeah. and I got the trophy. So that was pretty cool. Did you? How yeah. fun is that? It's, it's oh, dude. The bodybuilding, the I've done, like I said, two and, I don't know why I did a second one. It's, it's a lot of work. It's so yeah. much commitment, you know, um, never say never, not, not to say I won't do another one, but like, I just, I give my hats off to anyone that competes, you know, in yeah. figure or bikini or bodybuilding or fitness, like, man, it's a lot. So that's, that's really, really cool. Well, you definitely look like a completely different person from those. Thank those you. Days. Thank yeah. you. I'm not, I'm not Arnold, but I'm happy with who I am. I can, you know, I can go shirtless on the beach. I can actually see a six pack. Never, I never thought, I, not even teenagers was able, I was obese for 30 years of my life, you know? And so to me, it's, it's really fun. That's really, really cool. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, and as we're talking kind of more about awakening men mm -hmm. to find their purpose mm -hmm. and to find their greatness, um, the whole topic of conversation around, a man making his mark in the world. Mm, mm -hmm. um, I certainly feel like there's a lot of men that I know who are looking to make mm -hmm. their mark in the world because they are driven by, you know, all the haters or they're driven by mm. this fear that they are not enough. And they want to prove to other people, like I was saying earlier, but I feel like that's again, pouring from an empty cup in many different ways. So yeah. what, what advice would you give to those guys that are listening who certainly do feel this calling on wanting to make their mark on, on the world yeah. or leave a legacy, but doing yeah. it from 
a place of true intention and love Correct. and abundance versus the scarcity and the and everything else on the other side of the spectrum. No, I really appreciate it. You, you, you ask the best questions. This is so much fun. I love this stuff. You know, guys, I hope you're appreciating this. this. Is this is I know this is a little bit heavier talk, but this is meat. I mean, this is good stuff. You know, um, before you answer the, the why I love this too is because yeah. I'm just asking questions that I want to know about. Sure. I mean, they get to benefit, but I'm like, this is the best part that I get to sit down with you and ask yeah. you the questions that I want to Thanks. know for myself, you know? So yeah. anyways, go ahead. This is why it's good. This is great. <laughs> no, it, it's interesting, Johnny, because you're on the same path. I'm just describing the the journey of the man, you know, the, the, I call it the masculine journey. It's, it's a, it's another course I did, but uh, you know, like you said, the forties, right. You're in that place of now establishing yourself in leadership and you wrote your books. So it's like, you're right on track. So it's really interesting to me and very fun, but here's, here's what I, I tell guys, I go, you know, it's, it's such a fuzzy thing. A lot of times this legacy thing. And I, I found a simple way to explain it. This came to me one day and, and I, I love simplicity and stories. So imagine this guys, it's one of those deals where if you were at uh, a memorial service and you got to think about there's five basic things people say in a eulogy, they get up there, talk about, you know, their buddy, their, their relative, their, whoever this person was, and it's going to come down to, you know, the relationship they had with them, the things they did together. Maybe they went some crazy adventure. It was a camping trip that went bad. Yeah. You know, maybe it was something they did. They created, Hey, he made this business because that my family's done well, you know, maybe something creative they did, you know, they did music, they made a movie, they did uh, art and there's something they, or they wrote books and there was something that, that, uh, that lasted beyond them. Uh, they created a, a financial legacy then that benefits their, their kids and the rest of this kind of stuff. And so my thought is, if you intentionally understand these five things that are going to be said at a eulogy, and you say, you know, when my eulogy happens, I, I, want, I want to have covered those things. So I made a positive impact on all of those where I had deep relationships where people valued them, and I made a difference. And they say, you know, at the right time, you know, Johnny said this to me, and it meant it just changed my life. It meant something to me. You know, um, wh whatever the case may be, take those five areas, and I'll break them down in the course of a week. Can you on each day, make a thought, today, I want to do something in one of these areas. How am I doing at, at creating something creative? You know, and, and it doesn't have to be a book or something. Maybe, you know, if, if you're, uh, you, you're an architect, you, you designed a building, you know, or, or you built one. It's a financial thing, too, for your kids. You leave right. something behind. So in each of those things, can you do something where you're building towards that? And in a sense, that becomes your legacy because all of those things last after you. And, and they're a joy, actually, because in you're doing your goal planning during the week, and you're trying to lay in a little bit of things. What are some of the relationships you want to make sure that they say, you know, you know, he touched me and he always remembered me, he reached out to me. Um, what are the, uh, like they said, the things you do to like you wrote a book, you have a creative input, um, your financial base, what are you doing to to do that? All of those things add up. And so when you're just making those little investments, you're putting them in your to-do list, little micro touches, big, but they add up over time. Totally. And then at the, even at the end of one month, you're looking back going like, wow, I've done some, some stuff that's legacy. That's going to last. That's going to be there after me because I, I had an intention. I thought about it and actually did something in, in one of these, these five areas. So that I, I try to make it simple. I really think it can be that easy. Mm. Well, you, to pivot a little bit you talk about those kind of five areas um but i know we've kind of also touched on off the podcast when you have been recording just the different uh core desires of of mm -hmm. a man's heart and i kind of want to dive into that conversation too the, and the five things that you just mentioned kind of like makes me think of this 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 question so what what do you feel like are the the core desire of a man's heart from from what you've experienced for yourself but also the men that you cross paths with Hundred percent, and this one I totally steal from John Eldridge in Wild at Heart. So, but I it works. I stay with it, and and it's been fun for me to to hang on to these. There's three core elements to um, a man's heart, and maybe I tweak the way he said them a little bit. But the first one is uh, he needs an adventure to live. There's something about a guy where we got to have something that's that 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 gets us that gets us on edge a little bit. It's a little bit of a risk. It's a little bit of a sense of of it wakens our inner warriors to like engage and yeah. do something that's um that's fun and it could be a startup or it could be a trip on the amazon you know it could be 
you know, uh, a bike, a mountain biking thing with a bunch of guys where the, you know, the cliffs are down like this and you're holding on. It's like, there's a piece of adventure that we just need to be exhilarated. We need to test ourselves and prove that, Hey, I, I am not a couch potato. I did something I thought about, I risked. And those are the stories we have. I mean, honestly, it's, it's of everything we do. The number of days we're always telling the stories of, of the uh, adventure we have. And a lot of them have, you know, you go camping and the bear eats all the food, but you know, it's like you're out there, you know, um, one of my podcast guys, a guy named Sam Pond, 65 years old, great shape. And he just did the John Muir trail hike. It takes like oh, wow. Months, 28, right? it's 28 days to hike this and he's doing it by himself. And so you have to plan ahead. So every third day there's a ranger station. So he has to literally have his food shipped at a certain time interval to be at that ranger station when he gets there. And he's only got, cause he's on a backpack for a month. So all he's got is every other day, he's got to wash his socks, you know, and one's drying while he's wearing the other ones. It's a crazy story, but he loves the adventure that came out of it. You know, um, Tommy Breedlove just did the, the hike where there's something where I think you hike this mountain 17 times and they gondola you back down. But after that, it's the equivalent of hiking the elevation of Mount Everest, you oh, know? I saw that. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah. 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 You know, and for me, I mean, when I, my first trip overseas after all this stuff just coming out of my depression was to go in the Amazon river. Are you kidding me? You know, everybody's going, Mark, what are you doing? Everything there is alive and wants to eat you, you know, it's disease it's, you know, and you're getting all this stuff. And um, I was terrified the first few days, but there was a moment where we were fishing in this clearing. I hate fishing, you know, but, but it was like, I was invited by, there was 15 of us. I was, rep- I was a distributor for this public build company and the board of directors invited me my territory done great. And, and so I'm out there with, the, I have to say, yes, I can't say no. It's the board and chairman of the board, founder of the company personally calling me and saying, Mark, you got to come on this fishing trip with us. I was one of the only guys that wasn't on the board of directors. I was, so I had to go and I was terrified. And, but I remember this one day on day three, we came to this clearing where they were going to fish at this lake. And it was like something out of a movie. It was paradise, the way the palm trees were, the way the sky was perfect and the puffy clouds and the, the reflection off the water. And I caught my first peacock bass and I was elated. I was elated. And I just, I, you know, and I came alive. And so there's something where first thing is men need an adventure to live. The second thing is they need a battle to fight. And this is something where we have, we have something we got to do in this world. And this is one I also believe you need battle buddies. We're not meant to fight alone, but there's a cause you're supposed to take on. There's something you're supposed to do that, that and, and the battle may come up at times you don't expect, um, you know, a, a coworker is being wrongly accused of something and you got to go to bat for him. You know, you have somebody that needs help. They just all of a sudden lost everything. There's some kind of a, a cause, something that's bigger than you that you have to engage in, that you want to, you want to have a battle to fight. We need to have purpose. We need to know what we're about. And we need to know that we will step up when called. And the third one, I'm just going to use Eldridge's term because it takes explanation and people aren't going to agree with it, but I understand where he's coming from. It's from a place of um, lore, ancient lore and, and legacy. And that's it. We need a beauty to rescue. Now, that sounds very odd in our modern day where women are like, I don't want to, I don't, you don't need to rescue me. It's like, it, it's, it's in your heart. And so obviously, since I've studied Glover's work for a number of years, the nice guy can take that to an extreme and we end up with project women we try to get in relationship with. Yeah. And, and sometimes we're the project too. So I'm not saying that it goes both ways, but there's a part of where we want to be the hero. I've written this a lot. I, I, I wrote a great article one time to a women's group where they're bringing this up, where I just said, women, we are dying to be your heroes. Mm. There is something in a relationship. And I've told the women in my, my life, my relationship with, I said, you know what, if you really want me to engage and do anything you want, I need you to look in my eyes with adoration and say, I believe in you. You're my hero. And I said, I will absolutely slay dragons. I will climb. I will work 72 hours straight because there's something in us. We want to be the hero for a woman. And, and so it's a, it's a dance to get to that place. It's a relationship that has to build. But, and there's no apology that we're looking for beauty. Um, what I do tell guys is they need beauty to be in many areas of their life or else if, if, if they live in a stark white apartment, you know, their car is, is not attractive. They dress horribly. Uh, their office environment is stark and, and, and they're intimidated by the beauty of woman. Yeah. Cause they got no beauty in their life. 
let's go back to the analogy of the king. A king has opulent architecture, beautiful tapestries. He's got musicians playing in the courtyard. He has girl dancers. He's got a garden that's like none of the rest. His life is surrounded by beauty. It fills his soul. Connection with nature is. So I always tell guys, look, make sure you're connected with nature. You got good music. You're playing on time, whatever music it is for you. Um, dress well so you feel good about yourself. Clean up your house and decorate it. And then when you're around beautiful women, it's just one more beautiful thing that's normal to be in your life. You won't be intimidated by it. But I, I tell guys, it's, the, it's that piece where we're looking to, to, to rescue the beauty. And, and in doing so, it, it has, first of all, the part of we add beauty to our lives. And then it's just natural for us to you know, want to be the man and, and be someone that she can finally rest into and lean on your chest as the safe place. The world's hard, but in you, you're my, you're my bubble of safety. I can, I can finally come to myself and relax into you. And when a woman does that, she can lean under your chest, let herself go, and just said, I'm safe here. Mm. Boy, I tell you, that fills us and them in a really deep way. So I think those are the three core desires mm. in the man's part. Adventure to live, a battle to fight. Battle of fight, beauty to rescue. Beauty to rescue. Yeah. Mm, I love it. Speaking about the, the beauty, and again, all yeah. these things I think are applicable, whether you're straight gay anything else in between uh in terms of mm -hmm. you know if you desire that romantic relationship in your life but what what would you say along that same theme like what are the the first couple steps towards achieving mm -hmm. romantic mastery oh you know it's funny i you know i did not prompt you up to say this but i want to tell you i bought the domain romantic mastery bought.com Okay. Yeah. I actually have created, I did a full course. I recorded over a weekend and, I, yeah. and that is something I want to come out with because it's something obviously I've studied. I've spent 11 years matchmaking. Yeah. I've helped create 400 plus marriages, less than 5% divorce. So part of this has been a big part of my life. And I will tell you this, there are three core components. I believe that guys have to understand to recreate the kind of relationship that's going to last. And there's so many facets. What are you looking for? Getting yourself in place and all this, but let me at least just for answering your question, give a relationship model, yes. if I can do that. Please. Okay. The relationship model has three components to it. And the, um, the first one is you have to throw out this notion of it's a 50-50, it's all that kind of stuff. That, that's, that's really so irrelevant. Um, that's just not the way it works. The interesting part is in the cultures here, what they're looking for is what they call their half. They're not looking for a, a life partner they're looking for their half. So it's a social connection. So first of all, if you imagine this, the first person I met who explained this to me was um, a Russian woman who'd been married to a guy. And, and honestly, I, I, I've done this uh, matchmaking in um, Colombia and Thailand too. And in the Asian cultures, the Latina cultures, and the Eastern Europeans, they all have the same idea of, I, of I'm trying to find my half. And that comes from a Greek legend where supposedly the humans were this powerful creature that had two heads, four arms, you know, mm. four legs. And Zeus thought they were too powerful. So he split them in half and separated them to the ends of the earth. Mm. And they spend their life trying to find each other again. Mm. Well, here's how it applies. Um, when you believe someone else is your half, they become a reflection of you. Like um, this one woman that I met was a... Uh, Kira Moore was her name, and uh, she she married this guy named Mike Moore, and she was a doctor, and she came finished her boards, and she was been practicing uh, in Roseville for nine years of the time I met her. She had twenty seven nurses working for her, so so she's been in the culture now for about ten years, and she said it breaks my heart every day. I listen to these nurses, and I hear them competing against their men. And but here was her comment: she goes, I don't understand how how could they do that to themselves. And I was like, what are you talking about, woman? <laughs> but in a sense, it's like you have to understand that when you come to a place where you, you, you tour, is the biblical thing, right? The two shall become one flesh. It, it's like when you were, that person becomes a reflection of you and your reflection of them. That's the goal. That's one place to put it. So I would say that's, that's the first thing. Second thing is when you're new in a relationship, and even if you're not, you can come back and revisit this, but it's easiest when you're brand new in a relationship to you're in love you have this honeymoon phase right and it's so cute couples who are in love because there's so few good relationships out there for role modeling you know i, I i've done this a dozen times on, on 
my podcast shows or my, or rather my broadcast shows over the years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've done it to a live audience. And I said, okay, I want you guys to answer me this question of all the married couples, you know, or long-term relationships, you know, people together. I said, I want you to tell me how many of those are just so cute. They're so in love. You're envious. You wish you had a relationship like that. How many married couples do you see? Can you tell me that you wish you had a relationship like that? And 65 to 70% will say zero or one. We just don't see a lot of these euphorically happy long-term married relationships. So what people do when they come together in honeymoon state, they don't want to call it that. They, want, they come up with their own cute nicknames for this, their own identity for who they are together. And this is the, really one of the keys. If you can intelligently draw a line right now and between the two of you, describe what is it that makes us great right now? What is it we love about this, who we are? What do we, what do, we do now that, that excites us? What does it excite you, excites me? And in a sense, you create a visual permanent picture of what it looks like to be in honeymoon state. And the benefit of that is whenever you get off track, it's easy to see and you know what the goal looks like. And so your goal is to stay in honeymoon state. So the, the, the purpose of an argument is not to win an argument, is to get that shit out of the way so we can get back to honeymoon state. And it changes everything. It changes the goal. It changes everything. Um, and the third thing is learn each other's cups. And by this, I mean, we all have, like we said, we need to, first of all, men, we need to love ourselves, right? Take care of ourselves. So that's a matter of what are the cups I need filled? I need my social, I need intellectual growth. I have a spiritual connection. Um, you know, I have uh, financial objectives, my physical body, and I need, I need to pay attention, and keep those cups filled. When you're in a relationship with somebody else, learn what her cups are and voluntarily offer to help fill those. And in the relationship you have, you want somebody who's going to also want to help fill your cups. And the process, the beauty of that is then you become aware of the other person and where they are and what they need. You know, I was in a relationship with a, with a woman where I'd be down and she goes, you need to get out and go have a cigar with your buddy. Get out, go have some fun. You, you got to shake this off. Or they come up and say, you haven't had sex in two days. Do you need something? Do you need a blowjob? I mean, it's like when you're in a relationship with somebody where they're in tune with you, you're in tune with them, you want them happy and you want it, but you know what they are and you know what their cups are. So those three things, I mean, this is an hour long talk I've done on its own and maybe someday it'll be a book, but I'm saying, I think those three are really why we've had such successes in our relationships. Mm, that's a completely different spin too on certain things that, that I haven't heard before. So that's pretty fascinating. And I would definitely read that book when you read, you know, write it. So now that you want to do a Ted talk first. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. let's go. Let's go. You know, let's, let's go. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, Thanks. along, along the lines of, uh, you know, maintaining that, um, euphoria and keeping the attraction mm -hmm. and the polarity, uh, mm -hmm. for men that may be listening to this, whether they're in a relationship and maybe they've lost that loving feeling or they're not, um, either mm -hmm. way, how, what are, any suggestions that you would give for a man uh, to improve his confidence? Because I think that is particularly sexy for women. Okay. So we're talking about in a dating situation for a guy to improve his confidence. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we can talk about, there's several conversations that we could have in many directions. Um, uh, let me talk about confidence as a standalone topic. Um, one of the things I thought you were going to say is you talked about married guys who their love went dead and how to rekindle that. That's, that's another good topic. Another good I actually, I actually have on Amazon, a book I wrote called the confidence of the authentic man, mm. 10 things genuinely confident men do different differently. So um, it's a topic I, I developed, but uh, if you don't mind, let me tell a story. Please. And I, like I said, in your bio, I was a bullied child. we, moved schools in the fifth grade came to a new school and fifth graders are mean. I'm sorry. They're just cruel. I mean, gangs are nicer than fifth graders right. and they made it their points. Me as the new kid, they all grew up together. Everything I did was different, unacceptable. You know, I, I had a lunch pail. I had the Adam 12 lunch pail for those guys in the seventies. Remember the TV show and they all did paper bags. I had the wrong kind of shoe. And, and immediately they, they came, they call me waddles. I don't know why, you know, maybe I was chubby even then as a child, but I was called waddles. And it was, uh, it was such a prevalent nickname by the sixth grade, the teacher started calling me that because she just thought everybody did. And I was acceptable with it. Um, but I had, um, these two kids, I used to name them, but see people said, Mark, be nice. Don't actually give their names away. Um, but these two were horrible to me. This one guy would literally, every time a recess came out, as soon as we went out the door, he'd be chasing me and trying to get me on the ground to kick me and 
and then laugh at me. And so I literally spent half of my fifth grade year not going to recess. I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, and so it made me an introverted person because I was, I was beat up. I, you know, I was trying to escape people. And the, the thing that, that happened to me was I, I carried that and it got a little better because as you go to junior high, there's more kids in high school, there's more. And so fewer of those people were in my life, but I was still awkward, socially awkward. I remember when my dad got a new job and as a, I told you, he's a pastor. He's a pastor. So he got a new church he was going to go to and we moved to another city. Mm-hmm. And I remembered the last time I was in the fifth grade and we moved to a new city, this turned out to be hell for me. And I said, I'm not going to let that happen again. So I said, when I go into this city, those people are going to think I was the jock at the last school. I was the most popular kid. And, um, and I, because I said, I can't do this again. I can't live with that. So I'll never forget this, this crowning moment. We were at the church. My dad just got through introducing us as a family that was coming. And there were a little high school group, about 50 kids, 50 high schoolers. were out in the parking lot afterwards. And they literally formed a circle around me. They wanted, who is this guy? You know, who is this kid? And at this moment, I go, this is my moment. And so I just said, hey, do you guys have a band here? You know, I, I took guitar like in sixth grade, you know, something like this. And they're going like, well, no, let's start one. Anybody here play piano? Well, yeah, I play piano. You have a drummer. Well, I play drums. I need a bass player. I, I can learn. And so by the end of that time, there was this buzz around creating a band for the church. I'm like, wow, this is cool. Wait, this is really cool. And then I said, all right, well, what else would be cool? All right, I got to be on the football team. I never played football. I, I go in, hey, I want to be on the football team. No idea what I was doing, right? But I got it. I realized everything I did started progressively benefiting me and coming to life. I get on, I all of a sudden, I came alive. I got on the speech and debate team. I started writing a cartoon strip for the newspaper. I was like, what else can I do? This is a, I'm, I'm like, this is so cool, you know? And, and so I, I realized one thing is people will believe you are who you say you are until you prove otherwise. So the first thing is find the positive identity you want to be. It's, as Shakespeare said, assume a virtue and it's yours. Now, I wasn't acting outside of who I was because prior to the fifth grade, I was actually a very happy-go-lucky young kid, you know, and so I was kind of re- rediscovering what was already in me and just being really happy with it and finding ways to express it. So for me, before I talk about approaching women or anything like that, by the way, in those two years, you've got to imagine I had no girls in my life through my sophomore year, but those last two years, I kissed 27 girls. I had, you know what I mean? It was like, it was a, it was a buffet. It was on, it was on. And, and so I think about it and and I've never gone back. I've always been alive and I've always had this, this sense of, of great thirst for, for life and joy. And this is the interesting part. So after going from that socially awkward kid to come to this new school at the end of that first year there, the junior year, um, and these kids all grew up with each other. It was, a, it was a cowboy community, Morgan Hill, California. My own student body voted for me to represent the class, the senior class at the annual convention, you know, where I had to wear the white tuxedo and, and the whole school would show up for it. Um, and I think about what was the difference in that? Was I faking it till I made it? What was the case? And I think, I think for me, what, I, what people have to understand is they need to evaluate different areas of their life where they're allowing what other people have told them to dictate who they think they are. And my story tells the fact that if I continue to believe what other people said about me, that would be my destiny. And I had to think, what do I want my destiny to be? What do I want my story to be? How do I want to live? If I imagine myself enjoying my life fully, who is that person? And, and here's the thing, anybody who's this is why I authentic man is dedicated to guys learning just to enjoy being men, enjoy being who they are, who they were born to be. You know, we're not born gender confused. You know, we just have this, we're dormant and we need to be awakened, but it's like, so confidence comes as you begin to, as you have to move out of being beaten up by the world, allowing your inner dialogue to tell you, I'm not good at this. I'm no good at this. I can't do that. It's like, no, that's been put on you by other people. And, and to separate that, and this is why I want you to hear my story, because if you can separate that out and realize that all of that has been put on you, you need to stop and draw a line and say, who do you want to be? And if you come to the place, 
and I do several things to teach when I do counseling to get people on a momentum. So they're feeling good about their day, feeling good about themselves. When you feel good about yourself, you can walk in your room. You don't care what anybody else says. You had a great day. Imagine you had a day where you closed, you got a $15,000 commission. You closed the big deal. You're just, you're just on fire. You're having, you're just, you're so electric. You go into that bar now, and I don't care if it's the hottest girl in the room. You can go up and say, hi, how you doing, honey? You know, what's up with you? I just killed it today. And she's then now she's interested in that energy because you're good. You're not going to be a drain. You're not insecure. You're just you're alive and having fun. You're having a good day. That is attractive. And so the best thing you can do for yourself, love yourself, find what brings you to life, evaluate what messages have been put on you over your life that you didn't ask for that don't benefit you. And figure out who you want to be and find ways to, to, to love your life and who you are. Not only will you attract better women, not only will you have no problem talking to women, you're going to love your life better and you'll find your purpose at the same time. I just think that the mystery, the hidden thread between all of this is guys learning to love who they are. I just heard a great interview with um, one of these famous, famous actors, older guy now, he's like approaching 70, and they're asking, do you have any regrets? He goes, oh, I don't have regrets. He goes, listen, I learned to accept me. I have screwed up. He says, I'm a sinner. And there's stuff I've done bad to people. There's stuff I've done good to people. But I, it is, you know, in the end of the day, I am who I am. And I, I continue on and I grow and learn. And, but it's, it's like, I, I, I accept me and I love me. And to the degree that you can get to that point, you'll find you're, when you're good, you're good. It's that simple. Can you, can you get to the place where you just say, you know what, I'm good. It's like, you're absolutely right. That the, the fact that all of us are going through this life, you know, <laughs> by trial and error. Right. And, and we're yeah. all leaving a wake of, you know, of something, hopefully, something. you know, of, of, you know, a, a positive legacy versus a negative legacy, but there's bound to be people that their impression of you is not going to be so great. And let's yeah. just hope that, that if you're on purpose, you're going to have a much greater percentage of those people that you've touched. That's going to be a positive impression. Yep. You're going to have those mm -hmm. people. I don't know a single person, you know, that, that doesn't have someone who's like, oh, you screwed me over, no. or, you know, Dude. whatever. I mean, we're all in car crashes. We're all in doing those. Th that's just part of the human experience, you know, and, and yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Learning to love yourself and, and to create a, create a life that you can fall in love with versus yeah. looking for pieces that you think are going to complete you. Yep. And have a life that's, that's worthy of, of love. You got it. And that's so much resonates with what the work that I've been doing for myself too. But I, I think that's just profound. So thank you. That's a great story and such a good point. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, Johnny, I love you. And listen, brother, you, you know, you're, you're a guy who's just coming now into, into your greatness. You found something that's working that, that, that just blesses your heart and is blessing other guys is doing a, a good thing. And, and you're doing that question, where does this go? What do I do with it next? And I think all of that will answer itself as you just go through and just keep doing what you love. And then the opportunities I believe that are going to start coming to you and it'll be effortless. Um, stay in, uh, stay in your joy. I think that's one of the best say, if I'd be a sage, give you some sage wisdom and advice is stay in your bliss you know is yeah. the phrase they say remain in your bliss and i think all of that's just going to happen naturally for you and I'm, I'm very proud of you yeah thank you very much um that means a lot to me i've got two last questions for you go One for it is now those that are listening can't can't see this if you're watching this can what's what's the meaning of that on your the necklace on your okay this uh symbol right here is i i designed and developed this it's also tattooed on my shoulder oh cool okay this is my symbol for the masculine. This is the spirit warrior. Uh, it's got a Spartan helmet in the middle of the sword and the yeah. wings. And what it represents is us as men, we're designed to, to, to be the protector, provider. And, and the spirit shows that we're aware. You know, in the spirit realm, you're aware of what's around you, where you need to be, you sense. And so for us, wherever we are in our environment around us, we we're there to bless it and protect it to make people feel safe because of it. And I think the, it's the symbol of the masculine to me. Yeah. Well, I love it. That's very, very cool. Thanks. I couldn't, uh, yeah. You can't see the, the, yeah, it seems better on the tattoo. It's you better can see on the easier. tattoo. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And thanks. Uh, if, if, if those of you that are listening, you got to check out <laughs> the YouTube video so you can see it, but uh, cool. Last question. You've mentioned yeah. a couple, which I've wrote down a yeah. few iron John, no more Mr. Nice guy, halftime, what would be, and it doesn't have to be the wild at heart. 
yeah, what would be three to five books that you'd recommend men read while at heart? I'd go through right. I, I'd just stop at those four for right now. You know, oh, well, actually, let me add, let me add two more to the list. Yeah. So I, I uh, obviously, uh, Iron John's a hard book to get through. You know, it's very intellectual. And the first third of it is is academic. And then the story picks up. Then he goes into this Aesop fable and makes the parallel. So if you can get through it, it's it's, it's really good, life changing soul stuff. Wild at Heart by John Eldridge is an easy read. He just does such a great job of laying out and making you feel good that, you know what, it's okay to be who I am and this is natural. Um, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm just deep personal friends with uh, Robert Glover and No More Mr. Nice Guy is needed for every guy in our culture because we live, we're raised by women in our culture and it's affected us and, and we tend to want to have uh, these these traits that that we don't want to offend, we don't want to cause ruffles, but it, it's caused us to not be honest with who we are either, not know how to declare our purpose in the world. And I'll I'll give you these two. I'm gonna I would love for you guys to to get my books. Yes. Uh, one is uh, Confidence of the Authentic Man. By the way, if you just go and um, type in Mark Edward Davis, you're probably going to find my books. There aren't that many Mark Edward Davises either. Comes, these are very thin. I did these like 110 page books. So I wanted to get some of the teaching. I just made, make it easy to dive through. Yeah. Very conversational. Yeah. Yeah. The other one that I really am proud of too is How to Lead in Crisis. Mm. And I wrote this last year during the, the beginning of the pandemic because people were just out of control and they're freaking, they're losing perspective. 100%. And I'm really proud of the fact one of the guys in in my tribe um, is in the military and he bought 15 copies, started giving them to other officers. He knew one of them was a two-star general and she now makes it required for reading for all the officers in her command. And it's just how to be the calm in the storm and lead with a vision for the future. Oh, that's amazing. Well, for those of you that are listening or watching, I'm going to put these books in the show notes. So you can just click on these um, and go to Amazon and and pick them up. Uh, I've had, Dr. Robert Glover on my podcast. Hopefully I can cool. have him on again. You know, it's just, it was such yeah. a fascinating conversation. And yeah. you know, I've, I've read that no more Mr. Nice guy, probably at least a half a dozen times. And each wow. time do I, cause honestly, the first time I read, it, I was like, okay, it, it applies, but like, but then I just felt called on to read it again. And each time there's like another level layer mm-hmm. deeper that I'm like, yep. oh, it's just resonating deeper and deeper. I think as I'm kind of working through my healing process, if you will, as a recovering nice guy. So yeah, he's such a good dude and you and me both living the life down in Mexico. But um, anyways, man, thank you so much for yeah. pouring into the men for all of your tips and your suggestions, your ways of being, of just the, the work that you're doing. And again, to come from that place of, uh, you know, sage energy, if you will, I think the, I truly believe guys are going to feel exactly what I'm feeling, which is the words that you're kind of sharing with us are, are coming from uh, not just your life, but just, uh, it's like a, a legacy of, of men's healing and, wow. you know, a greater sense of purpose in life. So I'm so grateful that you're on your purpose and you're you honor taking, me. Thank taking you. your time at uh, midnight tonight to, to hang out with us. <laughs> so, <laughs> so worth it. Yeah. Really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your supporting authentic man and doing the podcast show with us and everything else too. And yeah. I want our guys to hear your voice as well. Yeah. Well, thank you. How, how about, uh, where can guys go? I know you have a bunch of different websites. Simple. Yeah, no, I do. But I, I, what I've decided, I'm going to channeling it all down to authentic man. And, um, so if I would just want guys to do go to authenticman.com and just get on the email list that way, you know, as we do different things, you'll get a note, you'll get an email. Uh, you'll see the place there. If you want to join our Facebook brotherhood, you know, it's all free. And um, it's just a place for you to enjoy being a guy. Honestly, I have no other agenda in this. I want my, my hope is it'll eventually be a gathering place of all men's stuff. I want to, you know, I'll have you, I want you to write articles. I want you to be a contributor. I want all the guys who have good stuff. So we bring it together. We're bringing articles from like 20 different magazines. in, so you don't have to read all those, you know, we, we try to bring all the stuff in. So you just dive in and really have a good feed for your masculine soul and enjoy yourself and relax and, and be loved. And um, I think that's the most important thing. That's really cool. Cause I think there is so much information out there. I think guys are like, I don't know what, it's just easy to get distracted and spend our time and things that aren't are kind of fluff. So mm-hmm. I hope, uh, I, I really do believe that guys will be served if they go there. So check it out guys, uh, authenticman.com jump onto, uh, Mark's kind of newsletter email list, if you will, um, check out his books. I'll put all this stuff, like I said, in the, in the show notes, but thank you again, Mark, so much for, for giving us your time and your, your energy. Um, I'm just looking forward to having you on, on another podcast episode in the near future. So thank you, brother. 
Love it, brother. You got it, man. Yeah, have All a great guys, day. You too. And, and uh, same to you, listener and watcher. We'll catch up with you on the next episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. Until then, make it a great day. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say, hey, it would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts, since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.